My name is Jason McMaster, and welcome to the Lame Thrower Podcast for the beginning of March. Not quite the Ides, but not quite uh, February. So I just like saying Ides of March. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I'm Jason McMaster, and uh, welcome to our show. I'm joined tonight with Nick Johnston, the Bay Area expert on everything. And uh, Zach, the what were you that what were you going to be this time? I'm just unemployed. Uh, unemployed. Okay. Right. Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about some games, and we're going to get that kicked off. I think with Nick talking about Octopath Traveler Two, which is not as we just learned Octopath Traveler Squared, because that would be what sixty four, right? But it is Octopath by Square Enix, so it is technically squared. <laughs> they, they squared it up. I didn't realize I was like going to be on the math podcast today. Yeah, yeah, this is all math. Okay, well, we'll get to oh. we'll get into some letters here before too long. <laughs> uh, but let me give a, it, that's going to be very relevant. Octopath Traveler One came out July thirteenth, twenty eighteen, and everybody knows that was the best game of the year for twenty eighteen, hands down. They they've done it again in twenty twenty three. It looks like. Uh, really? I've only played about it out of the park. Yeah, I've only played about tw- 14 hours. I've met five of the eight characters. Uh, it looks like they have all the same classes. Zach was asking about the dancer who is named Agnia. Mm. We have an apothecary named Casti. We have a warrior named Takari, a hunter named Ochets or Oquets. Scholar is Oswald. He's my favorite. A merchant, Particio, who's probably Italian. A cleric named Temenos. And a thief named Throne. You didn't make up these names, right? I didn't make up these names. So what if I told you that I have Oswald, uh, Oswald Casti, and then Throne, and then I think he's making up these names. And then Particio, and then Agnia. And Temenos and Hikari. No, it wasn't O C T O P A T H E. They all spell Octopath, baby. That's amazing. Uh, and it did in the last game too. I just love that they kept that theme up. Yeah, I was wondering because of Hikari. I thought you said Akari. It was like Akari Warrior. That's what I thought. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was remembering the name of the game wrong. Yeah, that's a little. That's a little on the nose. What's Akari Warrior from? Oh, Ikari Warrior, that old... Uh, yeah, Ikari Warriors. That the old Konami? NES game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, well, I'm so, not the only one who thought of it, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's the first, like, are you serious? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's Hikari Warrior, but, like, probably heavily inspired, I'd have to guess. Well, let's hope so. But, uh, yeah, you, you start off, uh, you brand new game... You see a big continent, or in this game, a series of continents, and you there's eight different sort of protagonists peppered throughout, and they're like, okay, pick one. And so you you pick your starting protagonist, you go through their intro story, which I think you can skip, but I wouldn't recommend it because every single one, like their chapter one, gives you the backstory, but it also introduces you to the mechanics of every character. Uh, okay. Not only the battle mechanics, but the out of battle mechanics, which is a 
one of the bigger changes in this one. You, I mean, and then you just, it's Octopath Travel all over, all over again. Everybody has their backstory and the problems they're trying to solve. They all are very much unrelated unless you discover a secret boss at the end. That kind of ties them all together. But you can finish the entire game without seeing that sort of secret optional boss. And each each character's chapter is sort of oddly gated by a higher level, which, which makes exploring really weird. You'll take yeah. a path from one character. So I unlocked uh, Oswald first, who is a uh, scholar in the art of fire magic in particular. And when his... Uh, when his house burns down with his wife and child, they're like, well, you know, the fire guy must have done it, right? Uh, sure. It was pinned on him by one of his, uh, uh, not protégés, but like a peer, like a peer magic user who didn't want him sort mm. of cracking the code on the ultimate fire magic. So he killed his wife and child and framed him. And so you start off on a on a cold prison island trying to sort of make your escape. Nice. That's how I like every story to start. Oh yeah. I mean it's Well, okay, I do like the Count of Monte Cristo kind of thing. So it's hard for me to argue with that. I I started with the scholar as my first character last game, so I chose the scholar class uh, in this game as well. So you do your first chapter, introduce you to the character also sort of lets you you know get off of that island and explore other parts of the continent and then you can kind of go wherever you want but if you go into the wrong screen you'll go from like level 5 enemy zone to a level 45 enemy zone and just die so there's not a really a, a graceful way to explore it's very much <laughs> level gated and it tells you like when you walk onto that screen or when you're getting ready to enter that screen it says like enemy level 7 Attention, douchebag. Don't go here yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they had that in Octopath Traveler 1 as well. I don't particularly think that's the best way to, like, gate characters or put them along a particular path, but it does make it feel a little bit more open. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, anything like that. It, it's not like you walk up to a gate and it's like, oh, have you done chapter three of Hikari's quest jets? Then we can let you through sort of deal. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm having fun with it. The, the big appeal to me of the Octopath battle system is every enemy has uh, like an armor or a shield, uh, which is just they're going to absorb less damage until you sort of break their stance. And you you break that shield or you break their stance by finding out different weaknesses. So they'll like pop up on the field for the first time, three question marks underneath them. Hey, they're weak to three different things. It could be staves, it could be knives, it could be fire magic. But you you just don't know until you sort of in, encounter them enough times, fight them enough times, come across their uh, their weaknesses either on accident or by looking at them using abilities. And when you when you break their their stance or their armor, they can attack for a turn and take a lot more damage. Right, right, yeah. There's what there's you said three abilities usually. Yeah, I remember that. That's um from the original. Yeah, I mean, some people have weaknesses that are just one or two. Some people have weaknesses that are six. Uh, 
some of the main characters, like some of the uh, like like jelly or like basic eagles that you fight at the very beginning, they have maybe one or two shields. When you get to the boss, it could be nine, twelve. I think I read the like the secret boss has ninety nine, and uh, yeah, you really need to sort of wear those down and use all your all your party's ability to to get the job done. The uh, just like an Octopath Traveler one, when you're going through a particular story beat, you need to have like your that that character's story beats in the party, but the rest of your party can be whatever you want. So when, right. when I'm going through Oswald's quest, he needs to be in there, but then I can sort of mix and match uh, the other the other three people to uh, sort of be best for the scenario. I'm really digging the uh, apothecary in this uh, in this game. Yeah, that uh, Zach was saying earlier <clears throat> before the podcast that he thought the dancer would be the most uh, powerful, but you're saying the apothecary, right? So, so I haven't unlocked the dancer yet. It's it's possible she is even better. in In the first game, she could do stuff like add random buffs. She could also like have a small small chance of like multiplying your XP by ten or multiplying your job points by ten. Uh, and the and that's pretty good. So she was really good for leveling up. And also, like if she just right. happened to get you with the right buffs, it can it can really make a good battle. The uh, the apothecary has a sort of ultimate ability, uh, which you get you sort of build up an ultimate meter by either like getting attacked or breaking enemy shields. And when you when you build that up all the way, everybody has certain abilities. Like uh, I'm going to go back to Oswald because he's my favorite. By by default, all of his magic atta- uh, attacks every target on screen. But you can use his ultimate and say, I want it to do concentrated damage on one enemy. And so you're doing maybe two to two to five X more more damage, but you're only hitting like usually the boss in this case. The the apothecary will let you mix items to sort of add their effects together. So instead of using like a healing grape to get uh, 450 HP you could combine two healing grapes into one and use that as a single item. So you could heal somebody 900 HP. Or you can stack more abilities, like I want to add uh, HP, SP, and a random status effect. Her her ultimate lets you do that sort of concoction mixing, but it doesn't consume the items, which is amazing. Because in a battle, yeah, I can just be like, awesome. I want to stack up these like two healing items, these two SP items, and then I, I want to use my... There's a, a a particular item that you can mix in that says affect your entire party. So her term comes up. Everybody gets full HP. Everybody gets for S full SP, and I don't lose any any of those crafting components for it. Yeah, that's pretty great. So she is my my favorite now. Uh, in addition to everybody having different uh, different weapons that they can equip and like these different abilities, they also have. Uh, sort of out of combat skills they can use the uh who was it uh temenos the cleric he is a inquisitor so he can uh like go around and interrogate people so there's like npcs around town you can try to interrogate them to get information out you can uh, make them follow you around with another character 
Uh, because sometimes somebody in a different part of town would be like, oh, like, where's my brother? I want to eat lunch with him. So you go find his brother, <laughs> drag him over to Zach so they can eat lunch, and then they're uh, they're eating lunch together, and you get like 5,000 5, monies out of it. Uh, that was this. These abilities were true in the old Octopath Traveler. Uh, what they seem to be doing differently is there's now day-night cycles, and it looks like... Uh, they like time progresses normally or at some slow rates, but there's also, you can just hit a bumper on the switch to sort of toggle it between night and day. Some of these characters have different, different sort of passives during the night or the day. Uh, like I think Temenos can, or uh, not Temenos, Oswald, he can mug people at nights or he can sort of like pick their pockets during the day. Oh, that's uh, cool. I like I, that. It might be Throne who can pick pockets because she's the thief, but they have sort of different abilities for day and nights. Uh, but uh, so there's that uh, mechanic. So there'll be some things you'll need to cycle over tonight, solve like part of a side quest or puzzle in town, swap back over today, do the other part of it, uh, sort of things like that. And they've also added the sort of the, the battle mechanic of if you get in an encounter or a fight at night, the enemies are stronger but they drop a lot more XP. So if you want to level up a little faster and you want to take more risks, you can kick it over tonight, sort of wander around in a field, get in a fight with some really powerful bald eagles, and get a lot more XP. I do like the idea that even the animals get stronger at night and they start carrying around more eggs or something. Yeah, it seems it seems like they're mostly different classes of enemies. Like I'll find like weaker like weaker birds during the day, and then sort of bigger birds with maybe more uh, like more armor, and they hit a little harder. Sometimes there's more of them, and yeah, I just like that sort of sort of addition to the game. Sort of mix it up a little bit. Uh, other than that, so it's, oh, go ahead. <clears throat> so it's like you. Uh, it sounds like there's a gang of birds that hangs out outside at night. That's what I, I got. <laughs> I'm still I'm still pretty early on, so wandering around, it's mostly like low level animals, and I mean it's the beginning of an RPG, so it has to be the weird ones, right? Like like rats and right. eagles, and I assume I'm going to work up to I don't know more magical creatures, sentient things uh, later on. Sure, trees, chamber pots, like yeah. or hopefully some right. yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta kill a tree. I mean, well, that sounds bad. Don't tell the Lorax. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, today as a recording, it's Dr. Seuss's birthday. It's pretty messed oh. up, Jason. Yeah, well, yeah, fuck them trees. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I love trees. I'm constantly touching them. We know. <laughs> I love so much. Um but no, so so you're really digging Octopath Traveler too. I wonder how long it is. Have you looked any statistics about finishing or anything like that? I have not. I have like a, a personal how long to beat that I I logged. Like I said, I'm starting this game, and at that time nobody had any uh, any hours down on it, and I haven't looked back. Uh, Octopath Traveler one took me close to ninety hours, and I didn't even defeat the final boss, like the the super secret one that you really don't have to defeat it's sort of a pain in the ass uh but i think i'm gonna try and do that on this game i i did look a little bit on a 
a subreddit and someone was like, oh, I got to this thing with like 99 shield and I got immediately wiped out. How do we defeat this? So I assume people have figured it out, but it's definitely not just walk in there at level 99 and sort of win the game. Drop kick them in the nuts. Yeah, I think I mean I think you need to be level ninety nine, and you and you might get drop kicked in the nuts if you don't have Oof. the sort of right uh, the right job skills, the right secondary jobs. Uh, maybe their yeah. sort of final final weapon or armor setups. I always personally, I always thought that stuff was fun in like an MMO because it's a social experience. Anytime a game's ever asked me to do that in like a single player environment, I just get over it so quickly. Especially if it's at the end of the game, because like in an MMO, it's like, oh, you're going to yeah. get this really cool gear that I can brag about. It's like, it's on my character. You finish the game, and it's like, yeah. I'll send you a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. Good enough, yeah. yeah. Me too. I think it really will just come down to uh, when I finish it and what other games are coming out. Because uh, sure. there are some some big games coming out stuff in coming April out. that I, yeah. I want to play, so... There's a bunch of stuff coming out pretty soon uh, as well. It's actually starting to get some decent releases, you know. Well, you know what's you know what's coming out in April, right? What? Mega Man I mean, Network Battle do. Collection. Oh Jesus Christ! Wait, I thought there, I thought it's up. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, if it if it, but, <laughs> if it if it butts into that, I might not go for the the final boss. We'll see. Okay, I can understand that. I yeah. like that they include it, and it does seem like something that is very much like at the top of the like top of the skill for the game to to defeat that boss. Uh, and I, I like that it's optional too. Like you know, people who are sure. really into it and they want to spend time grinding up to that max level, and like I said, getting all the skills, completing all side quests, and then after that, it's like sort of banging their head against this particular strategy for like an ultimate boss i'm i'm glad it's in there uh it wasn't for me last game and we'll see if it's for me or not yeah. this game oh sure it's, yeah final fantasy 7 being one of the most famous for ruby and like emerald weapon and all that stuff you know for, and who knows maybe maybe you want to do it but then again there's it also takes a lot of time um so for this week, I've got a couple of games I want to just talk about quickly. Uh, played some Company Heroes 3 and didn't like it very much. I uh, think it's too zoomed in uh, and it's kind of kludgy right now. It needs a bunch of work. So I'm uh, not sure I would suggest it right now. Um, can that's we, really all I'll say. Can we talk about but, it qu- quickly? Because I was under the impression that Company of Heroes as a, as a game has always been more zoomed in. That was kind of the appeal yes. of it is that it was uh, RTS with a lower unit count. So you're saying even for Company of Heroes, it's too zoomed in? It seems like it to me. Uh, it's you know you it's so much mini map management instead of actually just kind of like looking at what you're doing. Got it. Yeah, it's not that fun to me. Um, maybe if they do something about it, but it's a relic and they probably won't. So there's that. Um. And then otherwise, I've been playing some Kerbal Space Program 2, which is also weirdly disappointing. Um, you know, it's been in development for quite some time. And they released into early access at $50, I think. And um, it has absolutely nothing in it. it. It's so, there's so little 
of the actual game. Uh, the planets don't have atmosphere. Um, so you don't have to worry about reentry. You know, it's just all fine. Uh, there's no science, so no research. It's it's released with even less features than Kerbal One. Oh, just by like, far. What? Yeah, what's the far. appeal of the sequel then? Uh, Give us more money. It's recommended that you use the 3080. I think that's the appeal of the sequel. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, the graphics, I mean, it looks nice. And I think if they actually do all the stuff that they promise they're going to do, I think it'll be great. But, uh, the roadmap doesn't have dates on it. You know, it's just kind of like this stuff's coming and it's uh, like, it's stuff that should have been in there after five years of development. Uh, so I'm a little confused about that one. Um, and then, you know, finally the game that, both Zach and I will talk about uh, Sons of the Forest, which has been taking most of my time. Other than actually, I reinstalled Kerbal One and have been playing it. Uh, <laughs> Imagine releasing <laughs> a game so bad. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, Zach. When Persona Six comes out, I'm mean, like, gross. I'm Go going back to Persona Five. Right back to Persona Five. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Persona 6. I wonder when that is. 2029. I bet you 2025. <laughs> nice. They, I mean, they had to have been working on it for a while, right? I mean, just have to have been. Oh, yeah. yeah. Games are huge successes. So, eh. um, but yeah, Sons of the Forest. Uh, first and foremost, interestingly enough, seems to have been part uh, a large part of the reason that steam crashed uh when it released into early access it sold two million copies on its first day and um it launched at 29.99 uh us uh which is uh pretty cheap i think that's less than fifty dollars uh, if my math is correct it is it really is slightly less hey, but uh, i didn't it, know this was good. a math podcast i didn't sign up for this <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your own math magician? Uh, but it, it uh, apparently just uh, so many people purchased it and were trying to download it. Uh, it caused Steam to crash. Uh, also, Company of Heroes 3, which I don't think had a preload, also launched at the same time. Uh, so I'm sure that put some strain uh, on the system as well. Uh, but once you got to download the forest, it's actually a. Uh, it's a surprisingly uh, not not surprising, really, but it's it's really good. It, it's uh, it's as good as I'd hoped so far. Uh, but you know we're kind of early on, um, and we've been playing a multiplayer game with our friend Anthony. Uh, so th- that's most of what we've done exploration wise. But um, it's a it's it's a really nice looking game too. Which is a surprise. Wouldn't you say, Zach? I would uh, say so, yeah. A lot of foliage, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. Um, and really, uh, it, it's like that we uh, during play of the game, we discussed that it's it's not even that the models are so great or everything is just super detailed. It's just that there's so much of it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that that it makes like a real kind of uh, kind of jungle kind of canvasy like forest just 
leaves and bushes everywhere uh, kind of feeling to it. So it, it's really interesting uh, the way that works. Um, and yeah, yeah. What, what have you thought so far, Zach, about the, the first bit we've played? I like the nature of it. Um, it's the main appeal of the first game is I don't think I haven't heard a lot of people make this comparison, but to me, it almost seems like a Metroid game in that it's, you've got this environment and it's a little bit more wide open than Metroid, but you're going through and you need to get these different tools that allow you to progress throughout the island. And the island on first glance is huge. Um, it's really, really right. big. But as you learn that the kind of the dungeons interconnect the island and that's how you get new items, um, it's it's almost like it becomes home. And like you learn to navigate it, you know, like you're navigating your neighborhood. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. And I think it's easy to miss if you were doing the elevator pitch of the game that probably wouldn't fit in but for me i think that's one of the bigger appeals of it right yeah and uh, it is very uh, uh now that you mentioned it, it is very metroidvania ish where it's like you can only get to certain places once you've deco- discovered certain tools and all of them are pretty much available from the outset um a big part of the the game uh, like Zach said is is learning the island and learning where you can get these tools and learning where to go uh in a quick enough time before you get mobbed to death i think is basically the idea um cuz the monsters do keep ramping up yeah and they start sucking well and i think something that especially with the first one is that the game obfuscates a lot of its systems because there's a thing where in the first game, well, if you don't chop down trees in front of the the enemies, then they won't attack you as long as you don't attack them first. But I don't, I don't think there was a single person who could have figured that out on their own, you know, right. before playing it. And they also have the system where you can like ward them away with you put like heads and skulls on sticks. But right. it's there's no metrics to the game. It's not like in Rust where you fill up your your tool cupboard and it says you have this long until. You know, your base right. gets destroyed. It's you don't really know how effective everything you're doing is. And so Oh yeah. For me, that is kind of a negative. Like I almost wish that they didn't try and make me think it was doing something. It's like the reverse um placebo effect, almost in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Um Yeah, their their systems are very obfuscated. There there's not a lot of stuff just above board to look at. Um and of course, if, if if you had a problem with the original forest, uh, I don't know if this one will change your mind uh, because it's basically kind of the same. So far, um, yeah, it's been very similar. Now, there's a lot they're supposed to put in. Uh, one thing that's new is the uh, contextual building uh, stuff, which I think is pretty cool, but it's just very limited at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I say that, I mean in the game, you have the choice of two different building styles. You, uh, the old style was you placed a kind of a silhouette uh, uh, outline, a blueprint, and then it told you what materials you needed and you would bring those materials and put them into the blueprint. And once you fill the whole blueprint and the, the house is built, etc. So that's still present for a majority of stuff. Uh, and then there's another system now. It's the contextual system, which uh, you basically you take stuff out of your inventory and you hold it, and then you place it on the ground and then manipulate it. So if you have, or you know, in the case of a, a log cabin, you're holding two tree trunks 
Um, you put one down on the ground and then you can connect another one to it. You build, you know, a square or whatever you're, you're building there. And then you can take logs and split them and make a floor uh, and then just keep building up from there. Uh, and that lets you just kind of freeform build stuff. But it's kind of in an early state, it looks like. Uh, yeah. And because there's just not a lot. It's interesting because there is – the forest is definitely – it. The original, it looks like it's like a, a tree puncher survival type game. And that's really not what it is. It's That's a very minor element in the greater spelunking storytelling type uh, yeah. how the game is. But it and it's one of those things where the creative elements in the sequel, you wouldn't expect them to be expanding on the creative elements. Because again, the base building really is just like a... If you, if you were to look at this game, like on a, like a picture of this game... The building, like the creative part, would be so small compared to yeah. the impact of everything else. So the fact that they're expanding the creative mode, um, it's just interesting. It almost makes it seem like they might have something else in mind. Like if they do just have multiplayer yeah. servers where, you know. Yeah, the, the that's goal. what I'm wondering too. Because there's really no reason it's like we, oh, we I, I agree. We'll sit there and build for like half an hour just to make our stuff look nice. But you can just plop a tent on the ground, and it's pretty much the same thing. You're not hanging around 100%. your base. For the, you're not just like hanging around your base for the fun of it. Like, yeah. So what if people attack yeah. your base? Like, you're never going to be there. <laughs> I have this theory about the, the Sons of the Forest that I haven't tested out yet. But the most basic shelter you can make is a like lean-to with a tarp, and it's super easy to make, and you can just take it apart and put it wherever. I wonder. I I wonder if there's like I don't know, maybe an achievement or something for going through the game without like cutting down a tree. That's a good point. You Was know, there something like I that in the first could. one? I don't know. I, I don't know, but but it just seems like it's quite possible uh, in this game because you don't need a lot of the stuff that you can build. Yeah. Uh, you just have to it just takes more work you know you have to you have to go and hunt and stuff like that all the time right if you don't build stuff but uh uh yeah uh, it's yeah the first game uh it, it's kind of an interesting revelation when you see that you don't actually have to have a base right uh at all <laughs> because it seems like you do when, and that's the thing, you yeah. look at it. And that's the thing about the first one is that like if you don't know exactly what this game is, you would think you do need to build a base because yeah. this, this was the first time we were experiencing the forest type, the way the game worked. But now going into right. this knowing what it is, it's like it really makes me hesitant to like care about building a lot of stuff. I do like yeah, to chop sure. down trees and hand them over to the guy who is building. Which when we were sure. building our, our little snow base, that's what I did. I just went and chopped down all the trees and sure. threw them down to the bottom of the hill where we were working. But There's if it was up to me, it, yeah. yeah, if it was up to me, I just like you know, let's just go. Let's let's put on our drying racks for our food. Let's eat some food and let's get going. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, and also just to lend to that, I've, there's little campsites all over the island, too. So uh, you can always save and rest at those. Right. Um, they're just never in like super convenient places, but there's also, I think once you, we get more into the game and explore more, we'll see that there's plenty of places to, to sleep and everything without having to build a base. And there's probably plenty of ways to move around. I am interested to know how big the Island actually is because it seems really big. 
but there also we know how this game works there could be like a very large expanse of the map that actually isn't accessible and the way you cross right. it is through one of those caves that is only like <laughs> 300 meters long where on the map it might be like two kilometers long yeah no yeah yeah you're you could be right uh the only thing i'll say about that is when i have been far up near the top of the mountain and you zoom out on the gps you can see there's a bunch more points of interest on the other side of the island and it looks like it's probably about three quarters of the size of the side we're on so it is still pretty large Mm -hmm. so you're saying it's like skyrim and todd howard's telling you that if you see it you can go there i hope so we're going there anyway so (laughs) whether todd howard wants it or not um but but yeah no it's uh i i've enjoyed it so far and i actually i like that they've added npcs that you can control they're a little bizarre at this point yeah uh, well it's funny that um it's almost like a reverse engineering type of thing like like in in Mario Brothers that they had to the clouds and the bushes are the same sprite just different colors it's like our ai kind of <laughs> sucks and it's like i'm not saying their ai sucks because they can't make good ai but just by the nature of it their ai isn't very advanced so what do we do yeah. well let's just make the guy you know like deaf and and like have head trauma cuz then it'll make sense that he's an idiot ai yeah yeah he can't yeah he's having a hard time He's having a very hard time. So I think that's pretty. I I got a kick out of that when I when I kind of connected the dots on why yeah. he was so stupid. And a bunch of blood coming out of his ears and stuff on his character model. And so you guys keep yeah. calling him Kelvin. Is that his like canon name? Yeah. That that's yeah okay. So like when you're in the helicopter uh, at the beginning, you look over and there's two dudes sitting there, and Kel- and that dude is one of them, and he I has a, a patch on his ca- coat that says Kelvin. I see. And I think it's still on there, but I don't remember. The whole Is this time like that the... Back to the Future Calvin Klein sort of thing? Like it's just a random <laughs> jacket? So. Oh, it's Kevlar. Good old Kevlar. Oh, he's my favorite. I, I love that dude, Kevlar. But yeah, no, he's he's got some problems. That guy's got a real big issue. Uh, mostly... Plane crash on or helicopter crash on a on an island full of cannibals is a big issue. I yeah, I think he actually he survived the crash just fine. It's just that he played four years of uh, high school football and he hasn't right. done the same since. Yeah, he's got a oh god. Yeah, I'll just I'm not gonna touch that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. They hired him as a celebrity walk on for the job. That's right. Um, <laughs> him and Toby Tuberville. Tommy um, got him the job. I forgot about it, dude. That's that's great. You just oh, made me think God. of Tommy for the first time in like four or five years. It feels like. Unfortunately, I have to think about him all the time. I need to go donate freaking... to his campaign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have a question on on base building for both of you. Sure. When okay. when I played the forests, I I found a lot of value in building like basic log cabins and like drying racks and that was kind of about it but we built those in a bunch of different places so it wasn't like the minecraft you build everything right here and you got to have big fences and you know a whole bunch of like trebuchets and shit like that 
but we did have sort of various little like checkpoints we kept around the map where we could store shit and sure. uh, and like sleep and and get food. So do do not do that when you're when you're playing or we've been going station to station. Okay. So I mean we also haven't been doing it very much, but it was we had one checkpoint. We did everything that we thought was around that checkpoint. We picked up shop, went to the next base, set up there, and now we're doing the stuff that's around there. So you can tear down structures and take them with you now? You can't tear down structures, but we can take all the stuff off of our shelves. Okay. And you can tear down structures. Sorry. Just, well, some of them. Uh, you can... Yeah, the new contextual building, you can pick up logs and stuff out of stuff, but it has to be one that you built that way. Well, in the first one, you could get sleds, and I think there might have been like even yeah. zip lines that you could transport logs on. Yep. And we haven't, dis- if it's in the game, we haven't discovered the way that you can make uh, it. I don't think they're in the game yet. Um, there's a bunch of stuff being added. So moving a lot of materials from one place or another is uh, kind of a pain right now. Uh, right, and I expect like uh, like Zach said, I expect sleds to show up again, um, all that stuff because those were great. The log sleds, Jesus, those are awesome. To to your knowledge, is there an end game in in this early access? That's a great question. I think someone needs to be our spoiler person and just tell us whether there is or not, because I do kind of balk at trying to play through all the way if we know that there isn't an ending in the game right now the the very I, first time i played the forest there was no ending and we, we got to the point where it's like oh kind of you're in the hole like wait for next patch and then i just dropped it for like a year and a half two years until all that came in there and i also don't want to play through like a long a long game to just like oh well you know come back later hopefully the saves don't break I want to say I think it is. Uh, my my thought is that after the first game that they wouldn't release something, um, unless it was you know at least able to be completed single player wise. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm wondering if it if it's story complete, even if it's not mechanic complete. Like they right. might add sleds, they may add some cool stuff later. Uh, I think that's I think it's story complete. Uh, I, I think, I think it's mostly the stuff is like sleds and things like that. I think they completed all the story stuff and had the basics in, and then decided to do early access uh, and add in more building stuff. That's the Nintendo way of designing games in 2023. Yeah, just throw it in there. Get later. the critical path stuff in, and then add the rest of the stuff through patches. Yeah. <laughs> that's how uh, the pokemon games go right pokemon i mean almost a, a very large amount of their recent releases um i think that's how they've avoided doing a lot of delayed releases is that they just they critical path what they need to get done to call it shippable and then they added like switch sports didn't even launch with golf which was like the number one thing that i wanted to do in that game and I still, I still bought it anyway. That, I think that's more on you for buying a game that you don't want to play. 
Oh no, I we went on and we destroyed me and my older brother, we went on and destroyed presumably middle school children in tennis. We went on like a twenty five game win streak. It was great. So I still had my fun. And then they released golf and all those middle schoolers were way better than I was all of a sudden. So I got I got what was coming to me. <laughs> he got checked. Well, yeah, no. So the far- Sons of the Forest is a good time so far, though. I- I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing more into it. Um, it's one of those games that I want to play it solo, but I don't want to play it solo. Uh, so I'm mostly going pretty slow. Um, I think the combat is really difficult solo. Yes, uh, I mean it's. I mean, let's call it what it is. The combat is not good, and that's okay. Well, no. Yeah, no, it's the I think the, yeah. the 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 things that this game does best are the ambiance in the story yeah. and the combat just kind of is maybe that'll maybe that'll be something that that changes in the future but right now it's you point people with you point at people with sticks. Yeah. Um does, do you think that feels weird at all? <clears throat> Sorry? Oh, do you think that feels weird at all like tonally cuz you you drop in as soldiers, right? Yeah. So it feels kind of weird to me to have a game where you're soldiers and have the combat feel bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I think one of the things is the monsters are have a lot of hit points. Um, yeah. And uh, kind of the fighting is, it's always been a little awkward in the forest. But also, I think that we also, we haven't explored enough. We haven't hit... Like we haven't found guns or anything like that. And I'm sure they're out there uh, specifically more this time than the last game because yeah, we are soldiers and uh, there is a lot of stuff uh, kind of military private army ish stuff around the Island. Well, what I'm worried about with the guns is that we found the stun gun, but you can't even look down the sights. You hold it like a gangster, you hold it sideways and you shoot it. You shoot from the hip. Yeah, so it is a little strange. <laughs> I'm worried about how that's gonna like. I I want the best for this game for sure, and it's it's one of those things that it is. It's much more than. Um. It's the sum of the parts, whatever the the phrase is. All of these things, if you analyze them individually, it really doesn't sound that good. Altogether, it does work well. I think the other issue yeah. with the combat for me that would make it feel better is that the inventory system, they're trying to like do something new with this where you can only have a certain number of items in your backpack. And your backpack is supposed to be your quick way to um, grab things. But the way you pull up your backpack is by holding the inventory button for like a couple seconds. Not a couple seconds, but like a second and a half. And then you still have to click on what you want to take out of the backpack. And they actually just patched that. Oh, like, okay. A couple of days ago, you can now do one through nine. Oh, okay. That will. So, okay. Yeah, because that's the to, thing is that we're like, gonna go to work. Yeah, because we can have the stun gun, but like you had to shoot the stun gun, you had to hold I, you had to click the thing you wanted, and of course, if you want to click your machete, it's pretty small compared to everything else in your backpack. So you gotta make sure you got it just right on the machete. And then you take it out, and after all that's done, you know who knows if the monster's still even shocked. 
Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the single player experience is much rougher uh, for that reason alone, because you have to switch so much during fights if you want to do anything other than just shoot and run. Um, but yeah, so yeah, with the num- numeric uh, hotkeys, I think it'll help quite a bit. I just haven't messed with it since then. I'm excited. Um, I'm actually that. Yeah. That makes me. I think that's going to be a big benefit. Yeah, I want to play, and we're going to have to get back in there pretty soon. Well, at least it's almost the weekend. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think we've had a pretty good time uh, with it. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, unless you guys have something else to talk about, I guess we can go ahead and call her there. Um, you know, I want to thank everybody for joining me. We'll be back to talk more Sons of the Forest, obviously, uh, as it goes uh, through further production, and I'm sure Nick will want to talk more Octopath Traveler because he'll. I mean, we got to find out about the dude with the 99 shields, right? I mean, that might not be ready by next week. <laughs> well, no, no, but I mean, we, you know, we'll give you some slack on that one. Um, and obviously, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff coming out. Um, kind of curious about Wo Long, which comes out today. Uh, so we'll have to take a look at it. But, uh, Listen, I want to thank everybody out there for listening to us and hanging out. Uh, You've been listening to Jason McMaster, Nick Johnson, and Zach, the unemployed. And I will, uh, we will see you next, well, next show. Not sure if that'll be next week or two weeks, but we'll see. And anyway, take care of yourselves out there. And I love you guys. Have a great day. See you. Later.